classic lefty type guys. You know, you complement them with a couple of right-handed freshmen who throw hard in Putnam and Abraham. You have uh, the makings of a pretty formidable rotation, but again, you have to wonder how much, how how well these freshmen in Abraham and Putnam are going to respond. Uh, they're kind of being thrown right into the thick of things and not being worked in, you know, the way, say, um, a Clayton Richard was last year, or a Leif Myler and Eric Rose were uh, two years ago. But, of course, Rich Maloney, uh, he loves to play the small ball. And with the loss of Matt Butler and Chris Getz, that certainly takes away a lot of that. Both Butler and Getz were excellent bunners, but they got on base and they hit for high averages and had great speed. They were uh, able to steal lots of bases last year for the Wolverines. Eric Rose was hurt for most of last year, probably has the most raw speed on the team, so if he can stay healthy, that gives him a strong guy at the top of the order. Of course, Brad Roman has great stolen base percentages, or, or has had great stolen base percentages in each of the first two years of his career here at Michigan, but after that, Michigan really won't have the speed that they've had over the last couple of years under Rich Maloney, so we'll see if that changes the game plan. Of course, Michigan really not built uh, four home runs, as uh, it has the biggest park in the Big Ten in terms of outfield distance. But that is just about going to wrap things up for this edition of Extra Points. So I'm Stephen Schuster saying good night to all you Michigan fans out there, and go blue. Production of WCBN Sports, 88.3 FM, Ann Arbor. And then right back to the Sierra. He will feed it to Cogliano. Cogliano with the shot on, he scores! Andrew Cogliano at the top of the far faceoff circle. Rips the shot that I don't think Dominic McCary saw. And beats him over the left shoulder. Wolverines with another power play goal. They are back in front, 3-2. to two. of WCBN Sports, 88.3 FM, Ann Arbor. And then right back to the Sierra. He will feed it to Cogliano. Cogliano with the shot on, he scores! Andrew Cogliano at the top of the far faceoff circle rips the shot that I don't think Dominic McCary saw and beats him over the left shoulder. Wolverines with another power play goal. They are back in front, 3-2. to two. Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, and my partner, uh, Jim Dwyer, is probably having a little bit of difficulty finding a parking space, or maybe he got tied up with the ice. So we'll uh, proceed without him for the time being, and hopefully he'll be here shortly. Anyway, obviously last week, uh, pretty much a... uh, Almost a tsunami-type week in terms of uh, maybe irreparable damage to the Bush administration. The eavesdropping story, obviously, uh, coming the day after the Iraqi elections, which uh, had an element of success to them in terms of the turnout and all that, and the subsequent political spin uh, regarding those elections by the uh, Bush administration, I think obviously all of that was uh, undermined by this uh, New York Times story that was released Friday. It's interesting 
that even on the Friday edition of the New York Times, the big banner headline was uh, basically the details of the Iraq election. But um, obviously uh, the political fallout from the eavesdropping story is far more significant because, as we've noted before down here, the elections themselves don't really change the position on the ground with respect to America's problems in Iraq. And indeed, early uh, reports on uh, the ultimate uh, outcome of those elections by the BBC and uh, even some American news outlets suggest that there will be a predominantly Shiite uh, parliament. In fact, they're uh, supposed to have won uh, roughly 60% of the seats in these elections. And it seems that uh, well, they will form a coalition government with uh, some sort of Sunni uh, collaboration, conjunction, and uh, we'll just uh, wait for the results on these elections, which supposedly will be out in the next couple of weeks. But getting back to the main uh, problem that uh, the president confronted over the weekend, obviously the um, Sunday night speech was time to somewhat dampen the uh, political fallout from those revelations. Uh, It was interesting that they revealed this Sunday night speech late in the Friday uh, news cycle, typical of the Bush administration. And the president's subsequent explanations for uh, this so-called eavesdropping uh, authority that he just usurped uh, from uh, the Constitution is actually mind-boggling. So we'll give him a variety of brain damage awards for claiming that the legal authority uh, is derived from the Constitution. Uh, This is nonsense. Uh, There is an explicit statute regarding this sort of uh, spying, if you will. And it's important to realize that it is eavesdropping. It's not wiretapping. And I mention this because there's actually a federal law regarding wiretapping, a 1934 law, that protects you, the American citizen, if you have a landline phone. However, recently the Supreme Court, and this occurred about five or six years ago, had a ruling on a drug case involving a cell phone. And this is what we're talking about. There is no legislation that protects uh, eavesdropping on cell phone conversations. Um, Now, the the Bush administration claims that it's used this authority uh, 30 times and that it's, quote, informed Congress. But the problem with all of this is that there is a specific statute uh, that is in... Uh, clear violation here, and the president's uh, other explanations and justifications for what he's doing uh, boggle the mind. He claimed, quote, it's, and I'm paraphrasing here, it's shameful that uh, somebody disclosed this during a time of war, unquote. Well, I don't know what's too shameful about it. In fact, the thing that's interesting about this story is that the New York Times sat sat on on it it for for a a year. year. (laughs) Jim Dwyer just arriving here. Now, if this had come out before the election, (laughs) um, I think that it would have uh, created a tsunami of sorts uh, down the stretch. Perhaps this is the New York Times' explanation for why it did not publish the story. The other uh, supposed explanation that I heard uh, discussed today a little bit is one of the co-authors of this story, James Risen apparently is writing a book about this very subject, and he had taken a leave of absence from the New York Times and has just recently returned. 
So this is a possible, shall we say, bureaucratic news decision involved with why this story wasn't published a year ago. And yet, uh, the problems remain. Obviously, there are going to be uh, congressional investigations into this, and the president's uh, explanations have been systematically rejected by prominent Democratic uh, senators like Feingold, Carl Levin of Michigan, who said some very good uh, critique of the Bush administration regarding this policy. And what is scary about this is it, it, it resembles, unfortunately, the mind-boggling um, justifications for torture. And it's interesting that torture and eavesdropping sort of coalesce here. And I would highly recommend a special edition of The Nation magazine, uh, dated the 26th of uh, December, that came uh, to my house recently, regarding the torture complex. There are a variety of very interesting articles in here by uh, prominent regular contributors to The Nation, as well as special reports uh, on various other implications of this policy, including one by Anthony Lewis, the Torture Administration. And it is the same Justice Department officials, Alberto Gonzalez, who is now the Attorney General, former Attorney General John Ashcroft, who we know is uh, basically a reincarnation of Frankenstein, and uh, this constitutional scholar named John Yu, who appears frequently in the media, justifying this presidential power that they claim derives from the Constitution. This is all uh, baloney, and I'll finally give Mr. Bush another brain damage award when he talked today about his critique of the Patriot Act. Apparently he had a press conference, and it amused me when he said, well, senators from New York, Los Angeles, and Las Vegas... Uh, you know, justifying why he's protecting us and he needs this power to keep us safe. Well, I would feel much safer if Mr. Bush had a lot less power. Indeed, what we've seen is really a just a massive power grab all along and the general atmosphere of lawlessness. Um, no respect for international law. Laws are things that are broken by others and, uh, you know, are applied to others. Uh, this pretty much violates any uh, such concept of moral rectitude. Uh, you should at least uh, hold yourselves accountable to the same standards by which you would hold others. Condoleezza Rice deserves a brain damage award here as well for her statement. <clears throat> now, of course, she's Secretary of State, so why she should have to comment on the president's uh, domestic oh. espionage is another matter altogether. But again, she was never really national security advisor. She was pretty much uh, chief briefer to uh, Bubble Boy. Uh, so that bubblish sheen is starting to uh, reflect on her. She said the other day that constitutional authorities that derive from his role as commander-in-chief and his need to protect the country are the motivations here. This is out of the goodness of his heart to protect us. Well, um, he hasn't done a very good job of protecting us uh, at all in uh, pretty much any regard. Um it's rather of just a bizarre claim, and I find it interesting that this right of the executive to spy and to torture uh, finds Dick Cheney on a pleasant holiday whirlwind tour 
of countries that do torture. Mm-hmm. And uh, charming to see the photos of him uh, eating in a mess hall amongst, uh, they've strategically located him for the photo up next to uh, an Iraqi soldier, uh, one of dozens that are uh, trained and ready to go. Um, so maybe Cheney should stay there for the holidays, do some last-minute uh, torture chamber shopping in the Gulf. Uh, boy, pretty bizarre week in all. Well, and and getting back to this emergency authority under this FISA law, this 1978 law, it's been pointed out that there have been a 19,000 applications since the law have been was written, and five have been rejected. In other words, this is a blank approval of what you want to do. And as Carl Levin pointed out in his news conferences, and he is genuinely an authority on law. That's he's on the Judiciary Committee. He's uh, one of the ranking members of the uh, minority side of the Judiciary Committee that look into these sorts of things. And he pointed out clearly that the law actually allows for retroactive approval by this FISA court. In other words, the administration can actually do the wiretapping and get, they have 72 hours to get retroactive approval. So this is not some big uh, impediment on the executive's power to eavesdrop. Uh, This is just a blatant end run around the law. No ifs, ands, or buts. And I just find it fascinating, as I said earlier, that the same officials that are, that uh, allowed the torture uh, for the, the president to have powers of torture and to farm out torture to various places like Syria, of all ironies of ironies. <laughs> Uh, this is just a quote from the uh, Anthony Lewis article in The Nation uh, entitled The Torture Administration. He writes, soon after the terrorist attack of 9-11, the Justice Department, then under Attorney General John Ashcroft, began producing memorandums that opened the way to torture and mistreatment of prisoners. The memos gave an extremely narrow definition of torture, producing pain equivalent to that from serious physical injuries such as organ failure, impairment of bodily function, or even death. They argued that the president, in his constitutional role as commander-in-chief, had the power to order the use of torture no matter what treaties or U.S. statutes said. And they said that the Geneva Conventions did not apply to prisoners at Guantanamo. Well, we've seen the president take an enormous uh, PR uh, hit on the so-called McCain Amendment regarding uh, torture uh, just this past week, uh, and McCain himself was in town recently, uh, perhaps to elaborate on the theory. But the United States already had statutes against torture. End of story. Um, so this is uh, yet another example of this little cabal uh, in the Bush administration that operates as if Um, The president, because of the so-called war on terror, is given all of this authority that he's never been given. And this notion, as uh, President Bush said again today, reiterating a comment that Condi Rice made recently, that this is a new kind of war. Well, it's nonsense. Uh, It's the same old kind of war. Uh, There's nothing new about it. America, of course, is been involved in all sorts of other preemptive wars over the past 50 years. There's nothing new about this kind of war. 
what's new is that the Bush administration uses um, sort of pre-constitutional, um, almost pre-Middle Ages theories of law uh, regarding habeas corpus and laws as they are written under the Constitution. Richard Nixon himself might blush at uh, some of the abuses that we've seen in this administration. And to reinforce your point that nothing in this uh, conflagration is new, uh, Colin Powell is quoted in the Financial Times of today as having spoken uh, yesterday uh, to the BBC saying, quote, most of our European friends cannot be shocked that this kind of thing takes place. Well, what is this kind of thing? There's a name for it. Rendition. Nice euphemism. Are you familiar with rendition? Oh, yeah. Yes. This is the practice, of course, of moving terrorism suspects from one country to another. And by the way, the Swiss have opened a criminal case on these CIA flights. Uh, they expect uh, great difficulties in obtaining information from Washington on this. Switzerland always neutral and uh, uh, whatever. Uh, Colin Powell, to go back to his quote, uh, So the thing that is called rendition is not something that is new or unknown to my European friends. So it's a well-established practice, nothing new. And, of course, uh, in the same uh, publication uh, today, we have yet another report of torture in Afghanistan uh, by Carlotta Gall. Um, eight men, I'll just read a couple of paragraphs from this, at the uh, American detention camp in Guantanamo Bay have separately given to their lawyers consistent accounts, quote-unquote, of being tortured in secret prisons in Afghanistan at various times from 2002 to 2004, uh, according to Human Rights Watch, a group based in New York, said yesterday. The men, five of whom were identified by name, told their lawyers that they had been arrested in various countries, most commonly in Asia and the Middle East, the rights group, uh, recounted having been flown to Afghanistan, then driven a few minutes from the landing strip to a prison. The rights group said, uh, and hearing from Afghan guards, that they were near Kabul. A report released by the rights group to detain accounts said that the detainees uh, called the place a, quote, dark prison or <laughs> prison of darkness. And they said that they were chained to walls, deprived of food and drinking water, and kept in total darkness with loud rap or heavy metal music blaring for weeks at a time. Well, alas, they didn't uh, tune in WCBN on Friday night. Uh, maybe that might have made them talk. Uh, the all-out attack uh, permutations of that show. Um, <clears throat> the detainees said that they were guarded by Afghans and Americans in civilian clothes and that their American interrogators did not wear uniforms, leading the rights group to suggest that the prisoners may have been, uh, the prisons themselves may have been operated by personnel from the Central Intelligence Agency. Uh, the dark prison may have been closed in late 2004, just in time for the presidential election. <laughs> Right. Just in time for the president to, as he's reiterated so many times over the past several weeks, we do not torture. And, of course, Dick Cheney's the other side of the beak, <clears throat> arguing strenuously and continuously for torture. And for all these voices uh, like Cheney who argue for torture, they can do so until they pass <laughs> a nice torture tree there yes, in the, the uh, centerfold of the nation. Not a centerfold, the center spread, I guess. Uh Torture won't win the war, 
Information gathered under torture is almost always faulty, erroneous, etc. And that even the argument that uh, the administration needs to employ it as a tactic makes the war increasingly impossible. It tarnishes the entire nation's reputation. And it's a sorry day indeed when uh, the, the mere proposition is taken seriously at all. So it's good to see a sense of moral outrage finally uh, coming to the fore from, from some Democrats. Not enough. And 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 Republicans. I mean, and Republicans this, as well. Right. This, uh, these bills uh, in Congress that passed uh, by veto-proof margins, and this forced the administration to cave in to uh, the so-called checks and balances. And Dick Cheney, of course, was dispatched uh, to his surprise visit to Iraq and Afghanistan. He made a surprise visit to the Senate last week too. Which, gosh. An emergency visit. He's supposed to work there, of course, but he lurks in dark prisons. Well, and there have been Shadow, wide... shadowy chambers. Yes, dark prisons. <laughs> the the house of many mansions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, a former uh, counterintelligence expert once described the CIA. Um, by the way, also in this uh, publication by the Nation, there's a really good article by Naomi Klein. Um, entitled Never Before, Our Amnesiac Torture Debate. And apparently Alfred McCoy, uh, who is most famously known for his books, The Politics of Heroin, uh, which details the sordid um, shenanigans of the CIA in Southeast Asia during the uh, wars in Indochina regarding uh, their involvement in um, narcotics trafficking. Narcotics trafficking that led to heroin epidemics here in the United States in the late 60s and early 70s that, of course, were conveniently used by the uh, political right for uh, domestic political purposes. Uh, basically, the CIA used uh, narcotics to illegally uh, create revenue for arms uh, that was then illegally dispatched to various guerrilla groups in uh, Cambodia, Laos, and uh, Vietnam itself. But apparently Alfred McCoy, by the way, has a new book upcoming called A Question of Torture, in which, as uh, Naomi Klein writes, McCoy synthesizes this unwieldy cachet of evidence producing an indispensable and riveting account of how monstrous CIA-funded experiments on psychiatric patients and prisoners in the 1950s turned into a template for what he calls, quote, no-touch torture, Based on the sensory deprivation and self-inflicted pain, McCoy traces how these methods were field-tested by CIA agents in Vietnam as part of the Phoenix program and then imported to Latin America and Asia under the guise of police training programs. School of the Americas, anyone? And one can only uh, speculate that, uh, indeed, these uh, so-called police training programs are, are ongoing today in Iraq. Mm -hmm. uh, after all, the president is the one that famously says, we will stand down as they stand up. Uh, and there have already been countless uh, descriptions of other torture chambers in Iraq that America is involved in. Um, and it's it's just not... Shocking, and Klein, in the sort of the spirit of her um, 
article writes, Other cultures deal with the legacy of torture by declaring, quote, Never again. Why do so many Americans insist on dealing with the current torture crisis by crying, Never before? I suspect it has to do with sincere uh, desire to convey the seriousness of this administration's crime, and the Bush administration's open embrace of torture is indeed unprecedented. But let's be clear about what's unprecedented about it. Not torture, but the openness. Past administrations tactfully kept their black ops secret. The crimes were sanctioned. But they were practiced in the shadows, officially denied and condemned. The Bush administration has broken this deal. Post 9-11, it demanded the right to torture without shame, legitimized by new definitions and new laws. And I think that the evidence over the past uh, couple of months... Uh, has exposed this uh, over and over with Dick Cheney uh, at the base of the torture tree with all sorts of right-wing media groups, military personnel, and uh, various intellectuals making public statements at various times supporting um, this concept. Um, Tucker Carlson, torture is bad, some things are worse, quote-unquote. Charles Krauthammer, we must all be prepared to torture. <laughs> oh, well, it is the holiday season. Yeah. And, of course, he's the uh, Dr. Strange Lovian character that lurks in the dark shadows of Washington as an advisor behind the scenes. Ann Coulter. Delightful. It's not torture if Andrew Sullivan has ever solicited from total strangers on the Internet. Of course, Andrew Sullivan is a conservative uh, gay um, pundit and uh, we can only speculate what he solicited on the internet um, and how that relates to or how closely she's following it <laughs> indeed <laughs> uh, fascinating uh, stuff and uh, this uh, as I say this publication by the nation is well worth picking up uh, for a variety of perspectives on the well what shall we call it the Bush administration torture complex Pretty uh, embarrassing stuff. Uh, also embarrassing, I guess, uh, as we come down to the final five, six minutes of the show. Although it was nice to see uh, the votes against the renewal of the Patriot Act last week. A little embarrassing to see that the uh, wall or a fence along parts of the U.S.-Mexico border has been authorized. Um, of course, the extent to which the California economy is supported by undocumented so-called illegal laborers. Um, it's not that hard to do research into. So, uh, of course, uh, none of the 9-11 terrorists came in uh, to scrub toilets uh, through the Mexico border, yet this is also being touted as an anti-terror sort of uh, tactic as well. Uh, one might wonder whether or not a right of return uh, policy might be considered for those who are indeed the uh, descendants of people from whom the entire western part of the United States was liberated. Uh, it's the holiday season, so uh, investment banks and their high profit rates. Well, here's a interesting item from the Financial Times. Several leading investment banks plan to boost hiring globally in 2006 in an effort to expand those businesses that helped produce bumper profits this year. The securities industry has generated bumper profits in the last few years, benefiting from strong revenue in fixed income currency and commodity markets. So I guess record profits uh, for investment bankers and everybody else had better brace themselves. 
lot of job uh, loss in this region lately. Well, I'll give the president two other quick brain damage awards regarding just two bizarre statements that he made in his speech to the nation last night. I was uh, watching a movie at the Michigan Theater, Paradise Now, which uh, is a very interesting movie about uh, suicide bombers. So if you want to see a fictional account that uh, really uh, rings true to in which fiction and fact uh, are are sort of coalesce, uh, go check that movie out playing at the Michigan Theater, and I can promote that because it's a nonprofit organization. In any case, uh, Mr. Bush, uh, in a couple of bizarre comments from his speech, I'll just give him two brain damage awards for various uh, falsehoods. He said, I know this war is controversial, yet being your president requires doing what's right and accepting the consequences. (laughs) I don't think Bush has accepted any of the consequences of the war. Um, He just continues to claim that he admits responsibility. He does nothing to accept the consequences, like raise taxes to pay for the war. Right, or mitigate them in any way whatsoever. Um, He admitted last week, of course, that 30,000 civilians had died in Iraq. And by the way, that's based on an Iraq body count organization that gets their numbers from absolute direct reports in newspapers. This is unreported deaths are not recorded. And then this crazy comment in which he claims... In justifying the war, he says, yet it was right to remove Saddam Hussein from power. He was given an ultimatum, and he made his choice for war. (laughs) Wait a minute. It's the other way around. Yes, he gave, Bush gave Saddam an ultimatum, but Saddam did not choose war. Uh, George Bush did. Months and months and months before, (laughs) before he revealed to the American public that my decision has been made. And I will accept the consequences. I don't think so. Well, no sign uh, that he will in the near future either. New job for Robert Novak, as of yet uh, unquestioned in the entire uh, Plame case. Though, interestingly, he claimed Bush knows who the source is. (laughs) Uh, And there's some questions as to whether or not Karl Rove may have destroyed evidence. Uh, That seems to me fairly likely. Um, But in the final minutes of the program, I don't know if our next host has arrived yet, so...